This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about when your job leads to emotional burnout and disconnection from your own emotions and the kinds of jobs that lead to this and some steps that you can take to work on uh, not having your whole life hijacked by your career and um, in whatever way that is for you in whatever way that's manifesting. Before that, of course, I'd like to tell you to subscribe. So if you subscribe now, there's 30 paid episodes that you can listen to and uh, more coming all the time. And uh, one was about couples and money. That was interesting. I also did another one recently that I can't remember because I'm doing so many of them. And um, I did lots of sex, parenting, relationships, and of course, the oral sex on women, which is everybody's favorite topic. All right, so what kinds of jobs lead to emotional um, disconnection and burnout? Well, usually ones in which you're dealing with people's strong emotions all the time, you know, and then secondarily ones where you're uh, dealing with trauma a lot and with people going through very traumatic, difficult circumstances, which is frequently then, of course, linked to them expressing a lot of negative emotion. And so doctors, this happens to a lot where, you know, you're dealing with life and death or sickness on a regular basis and it just becomes uh, a lot to deal with for you and therapists like myself and anybody that is in the helping professions. This could also happen to lawyers when they're dealing with, uh, you know, people coming in and talking about terrible things that have happened to them and really any job like that. Now, this is not to say that a job in IT, say, or sales or anything is not going to lead to um, emotional issues. There are different issues that come from monotony, isolation, um, not feeling valued in the workplace. In sales in particular, there's a lot of emotional labor. So I'll talk about what that actually was originally meant to refer to also. So I'll just do that now. So emotional labor, now it's considered like if you have to be the one to remember to buy the toilet paper in your house. That is not what it had meant sociologically. It meant um, careers like a waitress or a stewardess or something like that. And it was talked about sociologically where you have to be nice. So you have to always be empathic and kind and patient as part of the job. And this is you know, you might say, well, that's any job. It's more jobs. It's some jobs more than others, like some jobs in the service industry or in a job where you're face to face with upset people a lot. So if you're a preschool teacher, there's a lot of emotional labor there. If you're a therapist, there's a lot of emotional labor there. Anything that's outward facing where you're having to moderate your own emotions and instead deal with somebody else's emotions in a way where yours don't really matter in the workplace. Now, certainly your emotions are not meant <clears throat> to matter in the workplace in, in many ways, but there are jobs where you get a break from this, where there's a more sitting by yourself and producing a widget 
whether that's, you know, a paper presentation or an actual thing. I mean, those are actual things, but you know what I mean, a physical thing that could be held or what have you. But the more like face-to-face service hours that you have in interacting with people and especially people who are experiencing intense emotions and the more emotional labor you're really doing. Now, what sort of effect does this have? Well, on most people, it could lead to a feeling of disconnection from their own emotion. So if you are always um, having to be patient and kind or happy and friendly or enthusiastic, like whatever, you stop remembering how to do those things naturally over time, you know, especially the more time you spend in your job, the more, um, the more years and decades you spend doing these things where you have to just put on a certain expression, such as empathy or happiness or appreciation, you know, customer service, they got all the time, say how happy they are that you are still a member of Amazon Prime or whatever. They don't feel like that, you know, but like that's part of the job. And so you can imagine it would be difficult and to go home and then feel genuine appreciation for anything. If you've been have a 12 hour shift telling people you appreciate them joining Amazon Prime right before they yell at you about something, then it's hard to even remember what is even appreciation or gratitude even mean, right? So this is called, in the helping professions, there's um, burnout or caregiver fatigue, you know, or uh, compassion fatigue is in the literature. So, you know, if you have too many clients, too many hours, too, too long shifts without vacations, without any time away, then, you know, this starts to really erode your sense of uh, reality in terms of what your own emotions are. So this is why in the groups that I, you know, join of therapists that support therapists, people generally seem to think that, you know, 20 uh, client hours is considered full time. Of course, you have notes to do and your business to market or however, whatever else you do. Some people teach, some people like me do these podcasts, you know, whatever. But um, it's not considered 40 clients a week would be full time because that's generally thought to be so many that you would burn out because you're listening to bad stuff all the time, you know, all day. And so many of my listeners, I have a lot of therapists, I have a lot of people that engage in these very intense emotional interactions with clients or customers all the time. And so if there's no respite from that, and you're overworking, and you're spending too much time in these sorts of um, situations where you have to provide the appropriate emotion in the appropriate moment, that's not based on how you actually feel. So over time, that will make you kind of, again, forget what does it mean to actually experience these feelings on your own. And then that can lead to burnout, which is when you no longer have any excitement or joy in your job. And and hopefully, you can take some of these tips to prevent that from happening or to walk it back if it's already started to happen. So What are some ways that you can deal with, whether it's compassion fatigue or just general burnout, a symptom of which is dread about going to your job? So if you've ever experienced like, oh my God, not just, ah, it's Monday, I wish it was still Sunday, but oh my God, 
you know, another day and even feeling physical symptoms of dread, nausea, a headache, you know, things like that, that you realize if you stop to think for a second are probably psychosomatic manifestations of anxiety and depression vis-a-vis going to your job. That's a bad sign. So the first thing to do is to think about if there are any ways that you could cut back on those um, people facing hours of your job. You know, are there any ways to get rid of certain meetings? Are there any ways to cut back without financially, you know, ruining yourself? A lot of people overwork, and I've, you know, written about this because of financial goals that they haven't really reexamined, and also they don't want to fully face what the work is doing to them. So they say, it's okay, I'm fine, I'm fine. And of course, you you feel fine if you're on autopilot. You don't feel like you're going to die, but you also increasingly become numbed out and disconnected. So you have to do a self-inventory and say, how is my life affected by the number of hours that I'm working and is it really worth it for whatever money I'm getting? For some people, the entire career needs a switch and I talk about midlife career change and this is a common reason why. So when I I have clients that are in occupations where they Uh, A lot of emotional labor is required, and at a certain point, particularly if you're also parenting, you want to reserve some of your bandwidth, more of your bandwidth for your family and for small children so that it's not completely sucked out by work. And this is something that happens, again, more in jobs that have a larger emotional component to them. So the first thing to do is to figure out if there is a way to minimize uh, the amount of outward people-facing hours in your job that require this sort of emotional labor. Now, if not, then it would be time to think about is there a different sort of career path that would be more fulfilling and easier on you and allow you to reclaim your own emotionality versus using it as part of your job on a regular basis. So the moderation and the balance, they sound cliche, but they are true. I mean, if you never take vacations, you never take a day off, if you work constantly in this sort of a job, then you really do it really leads to burnout. And that happens to a lot of people in the caregiving professions. And it happens to a lot of people who have to use their emotions in this instrumental sort of way. So what happens if if that's really not an option for you? Well, then what are you doing in the rest of your time? Are you engaging in activities that bring you joy? It's It's kind of this vicious cycle because if you're depressed, at your job and you feel really burned out, then you do not really feel like doing anything in your time off besides just sitting there and scrolling through your phone. But that's like the worst thing you could do because that does not promote any joy and it doesn't get you back in touch with your emotions and give you opportunities to feel your emotions more genuinely. So if you if you don't schedule, I mean, obviously self-care is an overused term, but... Um, it's true that there need you do need to in many ways schedule time to care for yourself the same way as you do for your clients or your customers or whatever, the same way as you care for them. And of course, for your kids and your spouse and everybody else on your docket to take care of, you need to figure out what makes you feel good and schedule activities that make you feel good in the time that you're not at work.
So this is going to look different for everybody, but usually it is not just sitting there and scrolling through your phone, which is linked to feeling worse. You know, you want to get out, do something potentially physical. You need to get your schedule balanced so that in every day, you're doing something. I mean, obviously, doctors, nurses have certain 12-hour shifts. All right, you can't do anything that day. But, you know, you could do something on the, on the day that you're not. If your entire life is split between work and child care, you're going to start to feel extremely disconnected from your own emotions because parenting requires emotional uh, management as well, and it needs to. You don't want to be uh, bursting into tears in front of your kids about how your life sucks. So you really need to do it for that. And everybody knows that. But it's interesting because even though everybody knows how bad that is, people will sooner do that than they will burst into tears at work. You know, whereas the kids are more important than your job if you actually thought about it and you know that, but it's just you you get into this zone where you won't do anything to fuck up at work and you'll never show your real emotions there because you know you have to keep your job. But then at home, your kids or maybe just your spouse, which is really not much better, it's better than the kids, but you know, it's bad for the marriage to use the spouse then as an emotional punching bag when you're too burned out at work to do anything when you get home except be angry and impatient and and easily upset. So you don't want to get into that situation. And if you don't feel like your emotional burnout is affecting the family, then you should probably ask your spouse because if you actually sit down and have a real conversation with them, then they may say, yeah, I, I would like you to work less hours, to work fewer hours because you really are tapped out by the time you get home. And uh, way soon, and I have a lot of people who say this about their spouse. As soon as you walk in the door, you're upset. And the person will be like, no, I'm not. It's just that the house is a mess and the kids are this and you are that. But like if it's every time, it's obviously also something to do with being tapped out at the job. You're already on such a hair trigger you know, um, your, your temper is, is, is so close to the surface because you're feeling so tapped out and overwhelmed by the job and so depleted emotionally that the only emotions that are left for home are anger, impatience, and irritability. And that is not the legacy that anybody wants to leave for their children or the uh, emotions that you want to show uh, within your marriage constantly because obviously that is going to uh, limit the possibility of your marriage succeeding and being a haven. Uh, for you of comfort where you can recharge because if you are snapping at somebody all the time they are not going to really provide that safe haven that you would need to actually feel uh, your feelings with them in any sort of a healing healthy way so you want to think deeply and really do an inventory including asking your spouse about if you are in the right field and if you need to cut back a little bit and or schedule a lot more positive healing sorts of uh, events to, um, you know, to break up the, the monotony and the difficulty of your job. You know, you may have feel that you have a calling to be a, a doctor, a nurse, a, you know, wh- whatever you are, a therapist, um, 
teacher, whatever, and that that is the career that makes sense to you that you really want. Well, in that case, you, there are ways to moderate it and there are ways to also focus on yourself and not just try to do a very, very emotionally demanding job, but then also come home and go straight into second shift of shit, you know, and, and both men and women do this. And, you know, there was a book many years ago, The Second Shift. I don't see The Second Shift happen as much anymore. What that meant was that at that time is truly was different, even in the, uh, I don't know, now, uh, what, how many years is it since, what, so I've been in practice now 13 years, um, not including my training, and so over that time even, over a little more than a decade, is so different in terms of what housework and childcare is split, how it's split, so it used to be, and this book was written, I think, I don't remember, the second shift, but many years ago, And it was about how when women get home from work, then they have the second shift of all of the housework, all of the childcare. Now, I do not see that anymore um, in my practice especially, but um, I, I do see both people doing the second shift. And so if both the man and the woman are coming home from their jobs and then jumping into uh, just housework, childcare five days a week. And then the weekend is just filled with kid activities and stuff around the house. And there's never any time for solo relaxation or seeing friends or any sort of joyful, relaxing activity. And it's all just obligation, obligation, obligation. And remember, as I said, emotion management, because that happens around your kids in addition to at work, then you're talking about what's going to turn into a very depressed, burned out couple. And this is many couples that I see. And they describe themselves as just very busy. You're not just very busy. One or both of you is depressed and or burned out. Uh, usually when people say we're just so busy we're just so busy we didn't have time to think about what you told us uh, to think about last session we didn't have time to go on a date we're just so busy listen I understand I'm not in any way saying you're not but what I'm saying is if this is your situation you really have to do a deep dive you only get one life and so if your job slash childcare then is sucking up your emotions to the point that you do not get to experience joy even weekly, then what sort of uh, example are you setting for your kids? They're just going to hook themselves up to the same hamster wheel when they're older. And also, don't you deserve happiness? You're not just a vector that provides happiness to other people. You're not just a conduit of happiness and, and um, providing health and comfort or, or whatever, education, what have you, to other people. You're supposed to be experiencing that yourself. And if you don't, by the way, you're going to turn out to be much worse at your job in a bitter irony. The most committed person that wants to help other people all the time is going to find themselves being uh, disconnected, bored, impatient, and um, not really even want to show up at work, even if they're very good at, at their job because of burnout. Those are symptoms of burnout, by the way. Irritability and boredom at work, you know, are symptoms of burnout. And if they occur in a, a person-facing occupation, then you're not going to be providing the same level of care to those clients, customers, students, patients, whatever you know, and despite your best efforts. And also then at home, you're obviously not going to be the best parent you could be if you feel so tapped out. 
So hopefully this episode made you think a little bit about your prioritization and about any ways you should get out a piece of paper, you know, and write down with bullet points any possible ways that you could either re-examine your schedule, particularly weighting it toward less of these emotionally uh, focused hours of, of that, that segment of your job and how you could get into your life anything that gives you joy and relaxation and the chance to deeply feel your own emotions instead of managing your emotions so that somebody else's emotions can come to the fore. Okay, so uh, I hope that that gives you something to think about and even an assignment to work on that is in service of you instead of in the service of everybody else. And uh, please do subscribe if you're liking this podcast and also do join my uh, secret Facebook group if you're somebody who likes to talk about these sorts of issues more regularly. Uh, Those are two separate things. Somebody said it's annoying to uh, have to have a separate Facebook subscription and a separate Spotify subscription to listen to the same person. Well, I mean, what I'd really like to do ideally, as I said in the description for one of these episodes, is be like Elon Musk and just how he bought Twitter. I'll just buy Facebook and Spotify. (laughs) Then I could bundle those for you. But until I get that rich, ain't going to happen. Sorry, I I I don't make the rules on that. But you don't have to, of course, subscribe to anything you don't want to. Um, so, you know, you still get plenty of free content no matter what. And I will talk to everybody soon. Have a great day.